Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk. We always do on a Monday. Uh, we have someone in to look at some stories uh, from the weekend, and he hasn't gone away, you know. Uh, Graham Finley uh, joins us once again. Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon. Uh, now, obviously, human rights is your day job, so uh, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, the, the the shenanigans on the uh, Supreme Court uh, are of huge interest to you. Now, there was one piece that you wrote over the weekend. It was an op-ed in the Washington Post. I didn't write it. You didn't write it, no. But, <laughs> but, but, but the argument seems to be that, that, that this has actually even gone beyond, because there's no other, there's no court higher than this, the US Supreme Court, then they just can cherry pick their legal arguments. It, it, is, than, it is, and I should say, happy 4th of July, right? Yes. It's the day we celebrate the conscious uncoupling of, of the US and the UK. <laughs> we'll probably talk to you as well. And yeah, I mean, like I didn't want to talk about the US or the UK because it makes me sad and kind of fearful. Mm. But um, it seems kind of important as well that we had a kind of a big week in, in the US uh, legal circles. And I was also really struck by how um, the U.S. has famously a constitution uh, with amendments and rights and stuff in it, and the U.K. famously doesn't. You know, the U.K. famously has a constitution. You know, someone once said of unwritten constitutions that they're not worth the paper they're not written, written on. on. <laughs> uh, but both of them have taken measures to restrict people's rights to um, bring the power of the state into people's very bodies uh, or not, you know, mm-hmm. depending on, on who you are. And uh, they've done so on the basis of of very different constitutional systems, right? So what we see in the U.S. is despite having a written constitution with all sorts of rights, including the 14th Amendment, which guarantees equal protection of the law, which has done a lot of work over the last few decades, um, marriage equality and Roe versus Wade and and just about all your favorite progressive decisions, right? the the new majority of justices have just decided to abandon the sort of incremental slight changes nuanced arguments finding a, a, the case in in the in the precedents for whatever you're having yourself basically mm. and they've let people like instead of John Roberts who was very cautious about bringing the court into disrepute which is why he would side with the liberals on Obamacare and things like that he's he's a bit player now the five um you know people Opinions being written by people like Samuel Alito, which, you know, wouldn't get as good a grade in my class. I'll put it that way. Uh, and I'm not even a lawyer, right? But in the words of the noted jurisprude Bob Dylan, you don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. You know, the I mean, what we're seeing in this whole rash of decisions is absolute cherry picking. Right. So for the purposes of um, abortion, you know, getting rid of Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade, 19th century precedents were fine. Right. For the purposes of striking down New York's concealed carry laws, uh, the 19th century, where they had lots of restra- regulations on guns, you know, wasn't weren't fine. And they had to go back to the 17th century when there wasn't a United States of America to talk about how the Stuarts were disarming people, you know, and, in, in contravention of their natural rights. I mean, they basically just go to whatever era they like and and find what they like. And And the liberal minority has drawn attention to this. It's the sort of agreed upon principles, you know, respect for precedent, gradual change has been replaced by the individual inclinations of individual Supreme Court justices yeah. who all happen to agree on a lot of things, which agree with the current Republican Party. Uh, and, but, you know, this is probably not a shock. Well, it probably is, it's funny that in that people saw this coming, uh, um, but were still shocked when it happened. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, I don't think people really saw this coming until there was the leak of the Roe versus Wade document. And they're like, uh-oh, that's not your 
older siblings court anymore. Yeah. You know, they, they, and then I think people got worried, but when it actually came out and then was followed by a slew of other, uh, other decisions, none of which were very particularly consistent, right? But also which really overturned an awful lot of, an awful lot of things. I mean, the one which is getting a lot of attention over there, but maybe not so much here is the one which basically got rid of regulation by government agencies. And now Congress will have to be much more specific about what powers it's assigning to government agencies to, to regulate things. And the one which they were after in this particular case was, and it was brought by like the coal interests of West Virginia, was um, climate change, mm. you know, climate restrictions, you know, restrictions on emissions and things like that. Gone, right? Yeah. Uh, but as people point out, do you really want Congress? Uh, you know, the bills are already so thick, nobody reads them because they're hundreds and hundreds of pages and they don't have lots of time to read them. Uh, you know, just, you know, legislating specifically for wing depth, right? Or, or, or computer software in, in airplanes, right? Because airplanes aren't in the Constitution either <laughs> for some reason, you know. You know uh, and, and, and so it really is uh, sort of leading to a free-for-all. And in theory, it's pushing things back to the states, states' rights, which we may have heard somewhere before. But it also, you know, not in the case of the New York concealed carry law. So it's a mess. And all the sort of legal certainty which people had about their own bodies, if they uh, were women, you know, is, is upended, right? And that is leading to the delegitimization of the court, uh, which is a very, very dangerous thing. Um, support for the Supreme Court's actions has plummeted over the last week from 60% to 44% among Republicans and Democrats. Now, Republicans support the court more than, than Democrats. Yeah. You'll be shocked to hear. Yeah. But it's their court. I mean, obviously, you know, how are you, who, who, how are you going to turn on your son, right, you know, uh, or child or daughter? Um, you know, so, it, but, you know, eventually things, and especially with this law, which they're going to look at in their next session, which is going to bring in the idea that basically state legislatures and not the governors and not their, their courts um, can do anything surrounding federal elections, uh, that could lead to like a massive lack of um, cooperation among the states. And it's all, we're already starting to see New York passed even stricter gun controls uh, in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision. And they're sort of daring the Supreme Court to strike it down. And then we'll see if New York enforces it. It's that bad. If yeah, but just on on, on the election, I mean, there are other things in their site as well about you know uh, uh, voting registration rights and all that kind of stuff that they that, that they're thinking of striking down. But if if different states elect, say, the president in different ways, doesn't that make the election a nonsense? It, that's the fear. I mean, you know, I, I think the court could say, well, you know, once upon a time, the state legislatures just picked the the senators, right? You know, all this voting stuff <laughs> is very new and may not be part of our tradition. You know, uh, now. That's not true. There are other amendments which cover this kind of thing. You'll be happy to hear. But, you know, it is, I mean, so there's an interesting debate among philosophers about whether judicial review of this sort and of any other kind of sort um, is, is legitimate or not, right? You know, it's, it's been criticized by the great philosopher of law, Jeremy Waldron, as undemocratic, right? And, um, and also not likely to lead to better rights protection, uh, which, again, is, is a bit tricky. But Waldron assumed that, A, they had fairly good working democratic institutions, mm. and B, people cared about rights. And not it's not clear that either of these Things assumptions true. hold, you know, because, you know, and this is something we're seeing in the UK as well, where the new proposed British Bill of Rights is like the Bill of Less Rights, you yes, know, yeah. fewer rights, I should say, you know, <laughs> than what's in the Human Rights uh, Act, which 
asks people to try and be compatible with the European Convention on Human Rights. Uh, yeah, but, but does that mean in the US, essentially, that it's becoming less and less democratic all the time? Well, it's, it, you know, and it's, it's a matter of, I mean, so every person should have a vote under the current system. But the actual way it works, and this is the tricky part of the details of all of this stuff, is, is that some of these states are just massively gerrymandered. Right. Um, so that, you know, you can lose the popular vote for all statewide offices in Wisconsin and still get a supermajority in the state legislature. And these are the legislatures which are choosing. First of all, they decide the districts for for members of Congress, which yeah. are hilarious. Yeah. Go check some of those out in Texas or Wisconsin. You know, they just go all over the place to collect all the right number of voters they need. But then they also decide how you can vote, how easy it is to vote, you know, what ID are required. Um, you know what the hours and and, and location of, of ballot boxes are and, and 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 polling stations are, and they're all, you know, the way you'd kind of expect uh, from a, a, a legislature let loose, and and so at some point you have to ask yourself whether democratic equality, you know, is really there, and that's even before we get to the fact that Wyoming, which has the population of like County Cork, you know, has two senators, and California has two senators, uh, because where you have a sort of permanent minority rule in in the Senate. Mm. Uh, and you've got the filibuster rule, which prevents you from pretty much doing anything without a significant number of, of Republican senators. So it's it's, you know, at some point people could just say, look, our democracy is not working. And, and, and this is probably the point where people sometimes say, well, we live in a republic, not a democracy in the United States, uh, by which they mean that, you know, one person, one vote and those having relatively equal weight doesn't matter, right? It's more yeah. about um, the freedom of the people, and maybe the people are hierarchical and don't want people, certain people to vote. Uh, that's not freedom then, uh, surely. <laughs> well, the, 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 so what is especially weird about this is, like, what I like about rights is they, they, they specify things, right? And, and we have jurisprudence and we have all sorts of ways which are not maybe hard law of, of understanding what those mean in practice, right? You know, the decisions of the European Court of Human Rights and, and even the, the way that international human rights work are flexible. They're more flexible than people think. Uh, and they allow governments to regulate things. They allow people to make restrictions, right? And, and they also allow sort of a dialogue with governments about what they feel like they really need for their traditions, their state interests, and things like that. I mean, there are limits. Nobody gets to torture anybody. Mm, Sorry, yeah. right? Uh, and, you know, whereas freedom, right, can mean lots of things to a lot of people. And the great thing about rights, uh, you know, citizens' rights, but especially human rights, is they're for everybody, right? Whereas a lot of people care about their freedom, but they're not, they don't care about my freedom. In fact, they, you know, they like the freedom of, to actively suppress the freedoms of other people, <laughs> as we're seeing yeah. in the United States. So, uh, and, and then that's even before you get to the idea of a free people governing itself, as opposed to us all just being liberal individuals who happen to vote in, in the same way. Yeah. Why you then? I mean, we were talking about this before we uh, came on air. But then there are lots of states in the U.S. Why would they? What's in it for them to be members of the United States I, I mean, anymore? It's you know, it, last time a bunch of states seceded for for not such great reasons, right? It it was it, they weren't allowed to. Yeah. That's, yeah. Long story short, <laughs> uh, you can look it up. Uh, you know. Again, Wyoming isn't going to stop California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, now a lot of those places have all the guns, right, Mm. to be fair. But as they would like to point out to you on Twitter. But no, I think, you know, what we're going to see are increasing constitutional crises. So, again, in New York, we could get this in weeks. Right? Yeah. Although the Supreme Court sort of stopped its term. But we could get this very, very soon where, again, New York passes all these laws. They're struck down. Uh, New York refuses to enforce it and continues to enforce the laws they just passed. 
then it's up to Biden as during the civil rights era, right, to decide whether to send in like federal troops or, or federalize the National Guard to, to force New York to, to let people carry guns, which no room for messiness there. And, and, you know, and you've got already got a sort of standoff. But that's keeping, you know, that's still New York's inside the, the tent. But people could realistically start looking for, for increasingly local solutions. They could um, cooperate less with the federal government in terms of transferring money from these wealthy blue states down mm-hmm. to poor red states. They could, I mean, we're already seeing under Trump states going at regionally, right? They, you know, all the Northeast get together to decide what, what their policies are going to be. Or California setting its own emissions targets, which, because California is the fifth biggest economy in the world or something yeah, like that, yeah. you know, has an influence on, on car makers. So you're going to see the unraveling of the sort of federal project. And I think with it, people's identification, I mean, this is very serious. And, mm. and it's on, sadly, Americans on your national day, right? You know, it's people could see themselves less as Americans and more as, as sort of citizens of their state or just, you know, they'll be looking for an identity. Yeah. It's very, very sad. I mean, I'm, I'm American adjacent, uh, put it that yes. way, in many, many ways. Like my, <laughs> He's Canadian, just yeah, for my, clarity. My wife yes. and, but my wife and children are Americans, yes. and I'm an American identified, but as I yep. always say, America doesn't identify back. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, it, like something is really being lost here, and it's been going for a long time, and, and the rancor and polarization is, is really, really saddening, because we do want the wealthiest nation on earth to kind of function normally, and, mm. and we care about America. I do, right? You know, and um, but it's it's in a very, very, very dark place right now. And if that process, as you described it, continued, it would have geopolitical ramifications all over the planet. I mean, I mean, everything's kind of up for grabs uh, with secession. I mean, secession's another really tricky topic. You know, the international community and the international system really doesn't like secession. So the idea of sort of 50% plus one allowing people to secede uh, doesn't really figure much in those deliberations because it's destabilizing, right? Mm. But a lot of things become possible. And I should say, you know, a lot of people are looking to Ireland as a way, as the, both the, the the, the past as the danger and as the way out. They're looking to Ireland because a 10-year-old girl was forbidden an abortion in Ohio immediately because she was six weeks and three days pregnant, and they only allow abortions up to six weeks. And she had to travel to Indiana, and lawmakers are looking into ways to stop her, which people here will be familiar with. Yes, um, And so people are looking at that, but they're also looking at our way of doing constitutional amendments, where we have constitutional conventions, where we have long buildups, where people discuss these issues, reflect on them, and then we have a democratic vote. But I think happily in this country, our Supreme Court, our, our, our government largely is seen as legitimate, our democratic institutions function. I like to think we think we take rights seriously. Graham, always a pleasure to have you in. Thanks a million for coming in today. Uh, Graham Finley there. Another thing that's great about our country, we have radio stations that give away money. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.